1: And welcome into On the Preds with me, your host, Alex Darty of A to Z Sports and Sean Smith of On the Forecheck. We are here to recap the Preds and talk plenty of hockey, and we have a playoff series to preview. What's up, Sean?
0: I'm, I'm ready for this playoff extravaganza, Alex. I'm pretty excited. I'm not going to lie. We have a lot to
1: talk about. Yeah. there is a, There is a lot that's happened since our last show, which was last Monday, and we have a playoff series to talk about, which is going to be very very interesting uh, and um, especially because most of us were preparing for a different playoff series not even 48 hours ago yeah. so wow it has been crazy um, I I just want to say right off the bat I, I think that there's a lot to this series that people are overlooking and I think we're going to talk about that we, I think you've got some really good stuff about why the Predators could have an advantage here Um, obviously the Avalanche are the favorites, but there's plenty of ways forward for the Nashville Predators to be competitive in this series. And if you can be competitive in this series, you can win the series,
0: right? Yeah. And I don't, I don't think, you know, you say they're obviously the favorite and it's, it's not that they're just the favorite over the Nashville Predators. You put any team in their position and they're going to be the favorite. So yeah. It's it's not. I mean, it's not productive to kind of lean on that argument of like, well, the Avalanche are the favorite to win this series because you could put any other team except maybe the Panthers in the Predators' place, and I feel like yeah, they would have the advantage or be, at least be the favorite team to win. So yeah, I'm not gonna, very good point. I'm not going to read too much into that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So we are going to talk about this series, uh, the major plot lines. We're going to talk about how the Predators can win. How the Avalanche can win. And we're also going to mention at least one player that can turn the tide of the series for each team. So that's a big part of, of later on. And of course, we're going to talk about the goaltending situation for Nashville. Um, as we know now, that is going to be a huge issue for the Nashville Predators. So before we get to all that, uh, Sean, we have a, a, a briefly, we have a new sponsor for the show. Wow and uh i don't know if you know this but in nashville or at least in middle tennessee during the summer it gets pretty hot
0: did you know that i did know that i've experienced it quite a few well, times
1: yes so because it's going to get hot you probably need to get your ac or your duct work look at duct work looked at or maybe if you just want to improve the air quality of your home you've got to talk to the folks at brimac mechanical they have three locations in middle tennessee and kentucky the main hub is in Clarksville commercial and residential HVAC duck work to improve air quality. Like I said, it's a family owned business, satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Uh, you can go to com is the website or call them at 931-572-5742. All right. So we have to, before we talk about this Colorado series, we've got to talk about how we got here, right? How, how are we in this position? I didn't by, by we, I mean just people watching. How are the Predators in this situation? So, as we all know, <clears throat> the last week was an important one for seeding. They lose, the Predators lose to the Calgary Flames on Tuesday in overtime. And then they also lose UC Saros to an apparent injury. I reported this week that the injury is a high ankle sprain. I do not anticipate him to be ready for this first round of the playoffs. And he could be out a minimum of two weeks, just depending on the severity of the sprain. Uh, But it could be more like four to six weeks, which would put him basically out until like the the Western Conference Final, or even even beyond that. So, um, high ankle sprains are no big are are no joke. They are painful. They're very difficult to bounce back from. It just takes rest. Like you just have to let it heal on its own. So, maybe UC Saros has some magical ankles down there that can just like Wolverine can 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 bounce back, but. I don't know. I don't I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah,
0: I I think the one thing you have to look at and maybe view this as a positive, not the whole fact that it happened, but hockey players and more specifically goalies, you know, they're very, very, very flexible. Um, And I'd have to think that maybe the fact that there's a very intense stretching routine that happens before every game and just what they do on a daily basis to stay limber enough to get into the positions they need to get into, to defend the goal. Um, I'd think that more so than say someone like me, who is not a high caliber athlete. Um, if I had a high ankle sprain, I'm sure the recovery period would be very long, but for somebody who maybe regularly stretches and uses all those things, recovery time might be shortened. That's all. I I
1: I had all these people, uh, uh, commenting on the the article there about about that being like oh a high ankle sprain I've had a high ankle sprain for eight months and it's still not better I'm like okay I, no. I'm sure that you are, do have a high ankle sprain I'm sure that you are physically active you are not a professional athlete
0: <laughs> yeah, they're just built I <laughs> mean I did
1: I, I will say this I did have one person I can't I can't remember her name who was a figure skater is a figure skater who said a high ankle sprain for figure skaters is a big deal like it's it takes a long time because the pressure on the skates, you know. The, I mean, your ankles are such a huge part of your edge work and of your ability to skate. So I, I I'm not just I'm not discrediting all of it. I mean, some of it, some of it was pretty interesting to hear people talk about. But some people were like, "Oh, he'll never recover from this high ankle sprain because because I because I haven't." And it's like, okay, yeah,
0: so, yeah. I it, I think when you, I don't know, like, I don't know how to explain that professional athletes are just, they're on a different level. I mean, not just skill wise, but the, their, their body is their instrument. Their body is a machine in yeah. the sense that, you know, they, they maintain it differently than, than someone like me does. I mean, Alex, I know that you're a, you're a hockey player as well. So maybe, you know, maybe your training regimen routine is different than mine for just my, my daily activities. But, you know, they're, they're eating on a totally different level. Their nutrition is completely different. Their exercise, their training, it's all, you know, their, their body is, is what earns them their money. And so right. they take care of it like you would, um, you know, uh, any, any of your really fancy tools that you might need for another job. And when you do that, I, I think recovery time changes. So I'm hoping that you know, regardless of the people out there with the eight month injuries that I'm, I'm sure are real. I'm sure that's, that would be what would happen to me if I had a high ankle sprain, but um, you know, hopefully it's, it's different for Soros and he can get back uh, yeah. healthy quicker than people would think.
1: Yeah. From what, from what I've, from what I've seen and from what I've heard, like two weeks is the minimum. And so the first week would be almost over. I mean, it, as of as of game one, that would be one week, right? Of of the, yeah. of, the in, of the injury happening, and then two weeks would be taking it all the way through, like game five, basically. So, yeah. if two weeks is the minimum, the the, the bare minimum you could see UC Saras back in this series is like game six. Yeah, which you know. A lot of people have been saying, oh, for abs in three, you know, it's, it's, like, so <laughs> I, I, I don't know. We, that's a long way away, but that, that would be like the minimum I would think. But I, I definitely yeah. don't think he's going to play this week.
0: No, um, I, I think for all the concern over the course of the whole season about whether or not he's being played too much, you know, you look mm-hmm. at now that you're dealing with an injury, the last thing you want to do is rush him back in time for, you know, for game five. I mean, yeah, you, you've so, got to say, if your team's going to go far, they need to go far, be able to go far in front of either of the other two goalies that are with the team and don't rush sorrows back for a a last ditch effort. So,
1: right. Uh, Okay. So that happens on Tuesday. Then we find out about the injury Wednesday and Thursday, Thursday, the predators go on the road and they end up beating Colorado shootout winner by Matthew Shane, who also scored in that game, a massive win. That sets up what is a very easy route for the Predators to the first wildcard spot on Friday. One point against, Carolina, against uh, Arizona, um, either that they get or that Dallas loses to Anaheim, and it's clinched. But things cannot be easy for the Nashville Predators, because even no. with a 4 nothing lead... The Predators lose a 4 nothing lead, losing for the first time in regulation this year when leading after two. That re- crazy record, 31-0. and th- They were 31-0-1 when leading after two. Finally, they lose a game in regulation 5-4 to Arizona. Um, I was very upset. It has nothing to do with the Predators. I was mad because I had written everything out preparing for the Calgary Flames to be the, the, the opponent. I mean, it was just so clearly ready to go. And I had to at midnight twelve fifteen. I had to delete everything and rewrite everything for them to face the Colorado Avalanche. I, I was so angry. I went to bed angry.
0: And that's what that's what you get when you don't procrastinate, Alex.
1: I I know. I I was I was just like I mean I had prepared that like kind of before the game too a little bit of it and then like during the game I was like for nothing this is like done oh my gosh I I mean I was so mad which I've done okay. that many times I've prepared pieces many many times I just normally prepare both sides I didn't do that my fault but um so and of course Dallas beat Anaheim so yeah it locks the Preds into the abs and uh now we have this this uh first round matchup with Colorado which is one that um many people have said is the worst matchup and but I I think as as we've alluded to And as you talked about before the show, there is a lot to think about. And I don't want to get too much into it. I want to save this for for the next segment. But I don't know that either route would have been all that easy. Like, It's not like the Calgary route. There's one advantage to the Calgary route that I think you would have uh, if you went that way. And it has nothing to do with Calgary. I think being in the Pacific bracket would be better for the Predators because – if you beat if you beat Colorado, now you got to face the winner of Minnesota, St. Louis. Those are tough yeah. teams. I'm not saying that L. A. and Edmonton are not tough teams, but I, I'm pretty sure Minnesota and St. Louis are harder than those two teams. So, um, anyways, and, and it, it's not like it really matters. They they, they are going to have a tough road anyways because they're a wild card team, and that's just how it goes. Um, but before we actually go to to the, to the playoff series, who do you think? Because we this this helps us wrap up the, the, the previous week. So David Riddick started Thursday, Colorado. Big save Dave. Big big crossbar Dave runs into the crossbar. If you didn't see that, you gotta go check that GIF out. That's hilarious.
0: He was he was trying to get the puck. It's okay. <laughs> I, know,
1: I know what he was trying to do. <laughs> that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I've never, if, I've never I mean
0: heard. who put who put a crossbar there? I mean, who knew that would be there? I know, I mean, right? You can't just expect to turn around thing, in the crease and run into a goal.
1: Good thing David Riddick was wearing a helmet because there's it was a construction zone over there for him. Yeah, um, big time. yeah So, David Riddick starts Thursday and he gets the win. I mean, honestly, the first period it was like wow, he is just giving up everything. But he locked it down and he got he 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 stepped it up. I mean, he got maybe got a little lucky here and there, but he definitely improved. The problem with David Reddick is, uh, and I've heard I've heard several analysts say this, you know, he's 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 a guy that he's gonna make the first save, he's not likely to make the second one. He's he's gonna give up rebounds, he's gonna he's gonna flail in net, he doesn't have great lateral movement, he's not an incredibly athletic guy like Rene or Soros. He's I mean f- fine, but he's not he's just not those level, that level. So that's Riddick. He get, gets the win. It was a it was a struggle though. Then Ingram plays on Friday and gets the loss. He only had like twenty. How many saves? Did he have twenty two saves, something like that. Weren't a lot. Wasn't a lot of shots. I, I mean, Ingram to me, I think is the better play for Game One. But he didn't do himself any he didn't do himself any favors, like. He had a. There were at least two goals that were deflected that were. I really aren't his problem. I mean, that's not. That, that those are going to go in. But he definitely looked a little un. He didn't. He didn't have the confidence you'd want to see. I'm not. It, that's not really a surprise to me because the guy just went from Milwaukee to basically competing for the national for, for the playoffs, Stanley yeah. Cup playoffs. Yeah. But man, I, I. What did what did you think about the goalie situation there for Riddick versus Ingram?
0: Well, like you said, I don't think Ingram really did himself any favors in that game. Um, you're really hoping, or I, I'm sure we were all really hoping, that you know, everyone had said when you saw Soros go down, you know, okay, well, they can call up Ingram. Ingram's been doing really well, and they'll be just yeah. fine. And so what you, what you kind of expect to see, especially against a team like Arizona, and when I say a team like Arizona, what I mean is a team that's at the bottom of the standings. Um, you know, I don't mean a certain way they're constructed. I mean, they have players that can shoot. They have guys that that are good at hockey. It's just that this season, they have not been very successful. And they they didn't even have their top players that game. I mean, like, Oh, I mean, it was, it, it should have been by all rights and standards, a perfect setup for Ingram to look like an all-star. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. And so I think you have to kind of tender your expectations. Um, kind of alongside that performance and say, okay, so like you said, Alex, you know, he's coming from Milwaukee to this is a game for a playoff spot. You need to do well. And so you say, well, you know, that's a high stakes game and it's kind of may have thrown him off. But the reality is if the next game he starts is game one of the playoffs, that's also a high stakes game. And so it, it doesn't really bode well to say, well, that was a unique situation. Um, you could say maybe he just needed one game in the net to kind of get back to NHL speed. I mean, but I'll, we'll, we'll both have to be really, really honest here um, that Arizona game speed is not the same as uh, Colorado game speed. <laughs> so um, no. that argument doesn't really help either. You said you think that Ingram is probably the best call. I, I agree with you but I don't know that Hines goes with Ingram. I'd say he probably goes with Riddick to start game one. And, and the other,
1: I, I, I'm kind of leaning that way. I think he might go with Riddick game one. Uh, the, other, the other thing is, if the Predators were to be so fortunate that in Colorado in game one, they go out to a 2 nothing, 3 nothing, 4 nothing lead, the Colorado response is going to be even more dangerous yeah than arizona i mean like yeah. not only are they going to be pissed off and trying to score to tie it up they have a world of more talent i mean like they, they have so much more talent than arizona like yeah it's not like it's it's not like you can just count on your your scores to go g- give them a big lead and then your your goalie can just like sit back and not have to do anything if that that's that's going to be a very difficult road if, if you have that situation so I, I am kind of leaning Riddick too. I, I, I am. Yeah. I'm almost thinking Riddick's going to be the game one starter. But you know, I could also see Ingram. I, I you know, Ingram has played two games now. No, three games. Is, he, is three. that his third game?
0: He's played in three.
1: Played in three. Yeah. Uh,
0: I don't know if he it, started his, three.
1: His first start was the Minnesota game earlier in the year. Like back in mm-hmm. October. And that was a that was a big game at the time. Not obviously not this scenario, but I mean that was a pretty big game. The Predators yeah. needed a win there, and he helped them get it. I mean that was a road game, atmosphere, you know, tough tough opponent. Um, but that was a long time ago, and um, yeah, Colorado's very good. So um, my edge would be like fifty five percent Dave Riddick starts, forty five percent Connor Ingram starts, like a very slight edge to to Riddick in
0: game one. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I would say again, if if I am the head coach and I'm not clearly, um I have to take a really hard look and, and just, you know, it may come down to who's practicing well. It may it yeah. may have nothing to do with the performance in the last two games when it's this close. I'd say you go in, you see how they're doing in practice and you say, "Okay, this guy looks like he's seeing the puck well. We're going to start him." And yep. you just hope for the best.
1: Okay. Let's go ahead and jump full body into the playoff series. Before we do that, I want to mention HelloFresh again because, um, you know, HelloFresh America's number one meal kit. Everyone knows that it's all about convenience with HelloFresh. The ingredients come pre-proportioned. You're not overbuying and wasting food. You are. It's easier than ever to get filling meals on the table. Family-friendly options, quick and easy recipes. You can also they have this new Hello Custom offerings. You can customize your favorite dishes. You can swap out a protein or a side for a different one. You can upgrade, you know, upgrade your meal to to, to be kind of more how you like it. Adding protein to a veggie meal, for example. More choices, more variety, more meals, truly tailored to you. Uh, we did the thing this past week. I think I mentioned this. We we sat off this week because uh, we. My wife was out of town, and we had a whole bunch of things going on. So we we took our week off from HelloFresh. We did that in the app. It was very, very easy. And now we're back on. We just got our box meal yesterday, and we're going to cook some box meals this year. I did not even I look at the recipes. I'm sure they're going to be good because there's 50 different weekly options. You can skip weeks if you need to. Like I said, you can change your delivery date, all that stuff. You've got to give it a try. HelloFresh.com slash Preds16. Use that code, pred 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Preds16.
0: Hmm.
1: Okay. The Colorado Avalanche. Oh. <laughs> so, in, in when I look at this matchup, um, the Avs have a significant advantage in the following areas. At this point, goaltender, for sure. Um, because... Darcy Kemper has been very good. Pavel Francouz has been very good as a backup. I think yep. we'll see Darcy Kemper until something bad happens. Um, overall depth, I think goes to Colorado. I mean, like their scoring depth has been much better than the Predators. They've scored plenty more goals, excuse me, plenty more goals. Their offensively, their forward lines are, are just much more balanced. Um, speed, give them an advantage in speed for sure. I think you give them an advantage in special teams, though I will point out later on, it's not as, it's not quite as big a margin as you might think. There's a particular reason why the special teams advantage goes to them, but it's not as big as you think. And then Ford skill. I mean, they have so much skill all over that team. Uh, and not just forward skill, but defensive skill. I mean, Kale McCarr, Devin Taves, um, Sam Gerard, the rest of the defense is all, is all really skilled, good players. So, um, the predators, I think, have the advantage in physicality. We know that. We know they are a much, much more physical team than pretty much anyone in the league. That is yeah. how they've how they've gotten to this point. Uh, and possibly defensive depth. I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case yet, because uh I haven't seen too much out of you know, we, when I think about the fact that the predators can ice guys like Jeremy Davies and Mark Borbietzky as opposed to the bottom of, of the Colorado lineup, which has some defensive questions. Like I, I think that they've got, um, hang on, let me pull that up real quick. I think the defensive depth goes slightly to the Nashville Predators, but I don't think it's going to be a huge advantage. I think it's all about the top four on the defense anyways. Yeah. In which case I think that it's almost a wash because of how good Roman yoshi has been, but Colorado has a great defense too. So the, the defense might be just a wash at this point.
0: I think, you know, I think you're probably right in that. And you got to remember, and I'm not speaking directly to you, Alex, but I mean for everyone out there listening or watching, um, when you get to the playoffs, you're going to see your top four play more minutes than you did in the regular season. Um, The reason you have those Mm third-pairing defenders out there um, is to give those guys a break. And and you just want someone out there who's competent and can do what they need to do, maybe use them on the penalty Mm -hmm. kill. Things like that. So, as you go into the playoffs, you're going to see, you know, ice time for someone like Roman Yosi for Kale McCarr go up, and mm-hmm. ice time for those guys on the third pairing go down a little bit. So that's that. I mean, yeah, depth wise, maybe the third pairing defenders can go a little deeper for the Predators, but you're just not going to see them as much.
1: Yeah, the the, the just while I'm I'm remember, or I've got it pulled up now. I don't know that he'll play in the playoffs, but they've got Jack Johnson and Josh Manson. And those players yeah. are not nearly what they, what they were. I mean, Jack Johnson, especially, but uh, if they play Jack Johnson in the playoffs, that's going to be an advantage for the Predators Cause he's pretty slow. Um, uh, Bowen Byram is a, a young guy that they like. And uh, Curtis McDermott, he'll probably play. Eric Johnson's the a good player, but he's also pretty old. Um, and, uh, yeah, again, I, I think you're right. I think it's all about the top four. I mean, it's going to be – let's say top three. Let's say the top three defensemen for the Nashville Predators, that's Roman Yossi, Dante Fabro, Matias Ekholm, and, uh, I mean, Alex Carrier, I think is – well, let, let's, let's put Alex Carrier instead of Dante Fabro. Let's put Yossi, Carrier, and Matias Ekholm. That's, that's, I think, the top three best defensemen for the Predators right now. And the, the avalanche have Kale McCarr, Devin Taves, Sam Gerrard. I think that I think the Predators have a very slight advantage in that because of how much better maybe an Ekholm or a Carrier is over a Sam Girard, if that, if that makes any sense. the The best one-two punch is definitely Kale McCarr, Devin Taves, but I think the Predators have the best better of the top three. I, it's it's really close in terms of the the blue liners.
0: I think you're right, and you have to remember too that. Um, if Sam Girard's on the ice with Forsberg, then he's really not there because Forsberg's <laughs> going to make him look silly, as is his custom. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure like what happened when Girard was with the Predators between those two, but Forsberg certainly seems to just have a goal to make him look silly every. they well, only
1: played like seven games or whatever. They got him just under that. There was like the eight game <sighs> barrier. They
0: had to wait. They had to get him under that, and then they traded him. Um, I'm just saying, it just looks like. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's almost cruel what Forsberg's done to Gerard. Just there's so many. You know, you think about like the NBA slam dunk posters from the uh, '90s, where you can see the guy getting dunked on, and you've been posterized, and all this yeah. stuff. And like, I, that's just Sam Gerard is just that to Philip Forsberg. Mm. It's it's really but that, unfortunate. I think that. Yeah. No.
1: I exactly. Sam Gerard definitely having nightmares already, but. Forward wise, I think the, the Avalanche have the advantage overall. I mean, saying nothing of the Predators, like top producers, Duchesne, Forsberg, Johansson, Granland. I mean, those are incredible players. Once you get beyond the top three for the for the Avalanche, you've still got some incredible players. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. the top three, Ranton, and uh, Nathan McKinnon, and Burkovsky who plays with them usually. Nazem Kadri has had an incredible year. Valerie Nichushkin. The one-time Dallas Stars cast-off uh, has had a resurgence. I mean, he's been he's been in Alex Newhook. Uh, Darren Helm has been pretty good. Archery Lekkonen has been very good. Nico Stern. All these guys have had just really solid years. Their bottom their bottom line. Andrew Cogliano uh, probably that's Darren Helm, and then I guess Alex Newhook is on the bottom line. I think so. No, Logan O'Connor. I, I think the, the, the avalanche have a much better forward depth, um, even though defensive depth could go to the national predators possibly. All right, but
0: well, and,
1: oh, I'm sorry, what? Go ahead.
0: Well, you talked about their lines being balanced. and I think, I think the important thing to remember is you take a look at the predators and how, you know, you and I, anybody else out there covering the team, fans, have all of these, you know, there's been a lot of shuffling going on at least beyond the first line. Um, you're still seeing questions about what to do with guys like Ellie Tolvanen, whether or not uh, Matt Luff is slotting in on any given night. You know, those are those are questions that have to be answered on a nightly basis. Whereas I feel like the Avalanche, you pretty much know exactly who you're getting on every line every night. And you know, just a testament to the fact that all those guys are having good years. You know, this is one of the best leagues, best teams in the league. You know, there you're, you're not going to have a team that's going to be one of like the top two top three teams without having everybody on the team, having a good year. And, you know, that just speaks to that line balancing. That just speaks to the fact that those lines know each other and work together very well. Um, Unfortunately, when you, when you're still kind of tinkering around with what your fourth line looks like, or who's playing with who on the second line, going into the playoffs, you definitely can't claim to have that advantage. And I think that's, That's going to be an issue for the Predators.
1: Yeah. Uh, so this is not a great matchup for the Predators, but I, you know, I, I think that there is a way through, which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, I I also think this. So this is very different for the the Nashville Predators of the past, but I don't think that you're going to have to like the Preds are not going to be able to win a bunch of like low scoring, one nothing, two one kind of games. Like they almost want it to be a shootout, which is odd because you, you would think that the Predators would be better suited to not have to score a bunch of goals on the, on the avalanche. But I think that they could do that. I think that if the game opens up and there's odd man rushes up and down the ice and there's, there's uh, plenty of shots on goal and stuff, I think the Predators could could win a couple games like 5-4, 6-5, something like that. I mean, they've got the, they've got the scoring touch to be able to do that. They've got plenty of guys that can put the puck in the net. Um I mean, we haven't even really seen the Jano the line get going over the last few weeks and and like that line can put the puck in the net. So it's like there's there I don't think there's going to be any defensive gems. Like that if you remember the 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 2017 cup run, the the entire series against the St. Louis Blues was a complete defensive, like, backyard fight. That's what that was. And they, the Predators won that because they had a better defense and they had a hot goaltender. Um, This is – and similar to how the Predators have won other series in the past, this is going to have to be different. I think they're going to have to go out with the mindset of, we got to put goals up on the board because we don't know what we're going to get in net. We don't know – how I mean, Colorado can take over a game uh, in a, in stretches with just uh, incredible offense. And then there's the special teams. Um, well, let me first of all let me say this: that the the Colorado is fourth in scoring in the league. Nashville's twelfth. Colorado's twenty third in defense. So that's kind of what I was trying to say. There is like. Nashville can score on that defense. Nashville can score on, on the Nashville on, on the Colorado Avalanche. Predators are 16th in defense. I think that's almost like doesn't really matter because the avalanche are so good. But it's 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 more balanced than you would think, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So special teams. The biggest the biggest problem for this special teams matchup is the avalanche power play versus the um, Nashville penalty kill. But the Nashville power play is actually you know, technically ranked higher than the Colorado power play, 6th. Nashville's power play is 6th in terms of success rate. Colorado's is ranked 7th. I don't think anyone in the league would take Nashville's power play over Colorado's power play, including myself. But it's not a bad one. I mean, they, they've been pretty successful. And the Colorado penalty kill, 15th in the league, middle of the road. Nashville's is 18th, a little bit worse than that. Both power plays are pretty good. When there's a power play in this game, expect goals to happen for both sides. That makes any sense.
0: It makes sense to me. And I I think one of the biggest things I would say, if the Predators could commit to keeping that first PK unit or uh, power play unit, sorry, out there for the entirety of the power play, I think that number would actually go up, but. You, you've seen a lot of situations this season where it seems like the first unit is kind of cooking getting stuff going and then the uh, the opposition gets like a lucky clear or something like that and you think mm-hmm. hey go back down uh, you know get set back up re-enter the zone and, and try again for another minute but instead they go ahead and, and switch units and I, I haven't seen much success out of that second unit and oh, I yeah. think that's really you would see a lot more if they would give that that unit another minute out there to try to get it going again. So hopefully that's a change they make. And I think that may, you know, when you said you don't think anybody would take Nashville's power play unit over Colorado's um, you know, probably right. But I think if you left that group out there for two minutes, it might be worth it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good point. The, the top unit is the, is the successful, you know, the second unit is bad. Second unit is very bad. Um, okay. Okay. Let's let's go ahead and jump to this. I sorry, I've I've had some connection issues. I hope it's not disrupting too much. Are you having any connection issues on your side?
0: Nope, for once okay. I'm
1: all. all right. <laughs> I I don't know what's happening. I'm just getting these weird messages like that I my connection's bad, but I th- I think I'm good. Um all right, so let's let's talk about this. How do the predators win this series? If you <clears throat> if you were to fill in this blank, the preds win if blank happens. Uh, or if blank is true. Um, and then also the AVS win if blank is true. Um, how would how would you phrase that? So I, I'm actually going to start here, if that's all right, because I actually yeah. wrote about this uh, for A to Z You can go there and check it out. I wrote about three ways that the National Predators can win. And I will talk about one of them. I'll let you go read the other two.
0: Oh. I already have. <laughs>
1: um, the, the, I think the Predators can win <clears throat> if they continue their success against Darcy Kemper. For those that don't know, the Predators have actually been pretty good against Darcy Kemper in his career. He has not been a stonewall for them. He's been okay. He's been probably about league average in terms of uh, his production against the Predators. But he's got a 909 save percentage career against the Predators. That's in 11 games, and most recently, the Predators have put plenty of goals on him. They they scored four and five goals on him in the last two games. Uh, like an eight sixty one percent save percentage. I think that the if, if Darcy Kemper is the goalie for the for the Colorado Avalanche and they don't replace him, I think the Predators have a chance because they if if you can score if you can score goals against this team you're going to have a chance to win. Like the the biggest problem that I would see is if the Predators faced a red hot goalie that just didn't allow them to go in, that was stopping them left and right. That would probably be end up in like a sweep or at least a five game loss. I think that they can score goals against Darcy Kemper. And if they can do that, they have a chance to win the series.
0: Who did you say? Did you, did you mention in that article that was it Duchesne that's had particular success against Kemper?
1: I, he's he's just he's scored three goals in two games on him this year.
0: Yeah, and I think that's something you know. I I definitely agree with you. I'm not going to say I I obviously I think, have. I think two of those goals were power play goals, just to clarify. But yeah, go ahead. Well, Of course, they were. Um, I, I, I'm I'm not like <laughs> I'm not going to give my opinion here and say that because it's different than yours that I disagree with you. I think you're exactly right, but I I definitely want to point out that you know. When you look at the the Colorado record overall, it's it's very astonishing. But the Predators' record against them is a little bit more encouraging, and especially when you look at their record against Kemper, then you say, okay, maybe Alex is to something here. He's he's got a point. Um, you know, John Hines has said before that they should really just call the game goalie and not hockey because that's what it really comes down to. So, <laughs> if you can, it's very true. You can, yeah, if you can, you know, if you can figure out. Kimper and light him up, then it, it may not really matter. Um, if they if he goes on a hot streak and shuts everything down, then they're gonna be hung out to dry. But yeah, um so here's mine if you're ready for it. Are you ready, ready for it? Yeah, okay. So the Preds can win, and I <laughs> I, I really I want to say I really enjoyed your article, number one. Um, you, you see the game differently than I do, so that's good. And um, but, but here's, here's kind of how I see things. And it, it all goes back to this. <sighs> if you think back to the beginning of the season, when the avalanche and the Predators met before, all it took to really throw Colorado off was Matthias Eckholm. Now you and I talked before the show and you pointed out that for a long time, Matthias Eckholm was kind of the, uh, kind of the disturber on the team, kind of the pest that would go in and get the other team thrown off. But yeah, here's the thing. Um, At best, he's fourth on the team now in in stirring up stuff. Um, And and realistically, uh, if all it took was Ekholm to get under their skin, wait until Colorado has to play against Nick Cousins every night, Tanner Genoa every night, Mark Borwiecki every night. Because, you know, when we talk about a physical game, we're we're not – we're not really talking about the fact that the Predators fight. I mean, that's, that's definitely an aspect to it. It's a, it's a natural result of the physical play, but the Predators are a team that are going to finish every check. They're a team that's going to force you to gain or earn every single, you know, inch of ice that you get. And as long as they're doing that, as long as they're doing that, it's going to bother the avalanche because they're a team that's used to getting through the zone quickly. They're a team that's used to entering the zone cleanly and getting set up. You start forcing them to really question whether or not they want to go after a puck or whether or not it's worth trying to get through the blue line as opposed to dumping and chasing. Um, you're going to throw them off their game. And again, back to what I said before, if Matthias Eckholm is all it took to get them thrown off earlier this season, wait until they get a load of the other guys on the team at this point. You can throw them off their game by getting under their skin. And I think if you can get under their skin, um, you force a lot of what I would call, you force a lot of errors on that team. You force a lot of mistakes. And the Predators need to be able to take advantage of those mistakes. But I think as long as they can do that, they stick to what their typical game plan has been all season long. I think it could create over the course of a series as opposed to maybe just the first game, a uh, situation where you're forcing Colorado to play a game they don't want to play, and it's a game that the Predators have played all year.
1: Yeah, I, I think you've, you've you've touched on something that I think a lot of fans and a lot of people are going to really is it, it, they're going to point to as either the thing that will win Nashville the series or the thing that will lose Nashville the series because <laughs> yeah. the physical part of this is. I mean, it is such a dangerous game to play. Like, it's – you are putting all of your – it's such a risk to go into each game thinking, we're going to push them around and force them to make mistakes. Because if the referees don't see it that way, you're going to be sitting in a lot of penalty boxes, and you're going to be watching a lot of goals go up on the board. And and I just think – what's the saying? Like, a falling knife has no handle – do they really want to play that game? Do they? Do they really want to try, uh, like just leaning into that part of their game as a, as a way to try to win? I well. don't think that they do. I, I I think that like I'm not saying that they can't be physical and they can't hit, finish checks and stuff like that, but the the stuff after the whistle, fighting, uh, in in trying to get someone like a Nazim Kadri to come after them, which I think that's definitely going to happen. Because he's always in it after the whistle. I mean, there's going to be a fight between Mark borvietsky and Nazem Kadri at some point in this series. Uh, probably between, um, well, any, anyone else on the on the Avalanche team and Je- Tanner Janos. Tanner Janos going to do something. Like he's going to he's going to get in a fight. <clears throat> I hope <clears throat> I don't know. so. Who, but so I, I just I, I I'm really hesitant to say that the National Predators should lean into that because. I think it's too much, too much of a risk in terms of like how they could. I think they have enough skill to beat Colorado with skill. They don't need to physically blow them up. I will say this. I think if they lose the series and they lose it by kind of the method you're describing of just being like being the the bully in the in the room. I think a lot of people will feel better about that. I remember how many people were so angry that the Predators got just like pushed around by the Dallas Stars in 2019, pushed around by the Colorado, Carolina Hurricanes, um, even going back, getting getting just drug around the ice by the Winnipeg Jets in the seven-game series.
0: Oh, literally.
1: People, people were so angry that they got – that, that 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 that's how they lost not that they couldn't score more goals that that they got pushed around so like i think people will feel better about that if they lose that way i just don't know that it's i, I think it's too risky i think it, they they have to back off from that they have to 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 take a little bit of that edge off in order to not you know find themselves get in one fight and then find themselves down 3 goals 5 minutes later it's just like it's such a risk
0: i well, think uh, yeah, I mean, it's a risk, but Alex, serious question here. Can you tell a rainbow to not be beautiful? You cannot. So how are you going to tell the predators to not be physical
1: I'm, I'm not, you can't, they're not you're not going to tell them to be physical or to not be physical they just they they have to find the balance better than they've found it in the past like they've they've got to find the the Calgary Flames game from a week ago is a good example.
0: yeah. They, right. they
1: did not find the balance there. They got into no. too much stuff. It was too – I mean, look, the, the Matt Duchesne, Matthew Kachuk thing, um, that was really, really close to being advantage Preds, but yeah. the ref didn't see it that way, and so they had no. to deal with the power play or deal with the penalty kill. You can't always put yourself in a situation where you're relying on a third-party object, uh, you know, official – to make the call, I think that uh, the Avalanche did more bad here than the Predators did bad. So, I just think that that's too risky. But especially given the the special teams discrepancy, um, but could you could you bait someone like a uh, let's see who on the Pred who I need to check and see who on the Avalanche leads in penalty minutes because I'm sure
0: I'm sure it's Dermid, huh? It's McDermid.
1: McDermott? Okay.
0: Yeah, I looked. I looked that up uh i did research alex good
1: job curtis mcdermott so yeah i think it's a very good chance curtis mcdermott is going to get in a fight with somebody curtis yeah, 100% mcdermott chance. gabriel landeskog we still don't know if he's gonna play i just looked that up he's um he's been out indefinitely i, I don't know what that means exactly i think i mean who knows i don't know that's kind of interesting um nazem kadri like something's gonna happen there uh but other than that, they don't have a ton of guys that rack up a lot of penalty minutes. I mean, no. When Nathan McKinnon is their fifth highest penalty minute guy, and he's not a he's not a um
0: he's not a brawler. He's not
1: a fire starter or anything. No. So um, could you bait someone like a Curtis McDermott to getting a bad penalty? Probably. Could you yes? Could you bait Nazem Kadri? Absolutely. Probably you're gonna get yeah. Nazem Kadri to do something stupid. Maybe even get himself suspended. I mean, he's that's happened before with him. So there's a lot there, but I I just don't, I don't see that. All right. Let's briefly um, let's talk about the avalanche win. This is pretty easy. I think the avalanche win, if blank happens, I'll let you go first on this one. I think this one's pretty easy.
0: It's I mean, there's a variety of things that we could, we could bring up, but I think one of the biggest things is that um, the avalanche win, if they transition, well, really, it's not, if they transition, it's if they're allowed to transition well, um, you know, you know like count, counter-attack
1: kind of stuff? Yeah,
0: I, yeah. I, think, I think that's kind of been a weak spot for the Predators, over, especially over the last month or so, um, is you, you've seen a lot of situations where an errant pass or um, even, you know, just a, not, a, not an errant pass, but just a puck that's misplayed leads to a quick turnover um, and you see, you know, an odd man rush or you just see an absolute breakaway. And the Avalanche are a team that can absolutely torch teams with that. And I'm afraid that if the Predators can't uh, kind of get some of that kind of minor, like very simple gameplay stuff under control, that it's you're going to see a situation where you got a couple of Preds streaking down the ice trying to catch up to somebody who's got a you know one on one with a Dave Riddick or or Connor Ingram, and that's probably mm-hmm. going to turn into some goals quickly. Um, You know, again, there's a variety of things that I think you could put in this blank and be right. But if if I look back over the past month or so of predators gameplay, I'm seeing a lot more of that kind of stuff happening in it. I've blamed a lot of it on passing, but it's it's more than just that. So if if they're allowed to get that puck and go, it's game over.
1: Yeah transition play counterattacking all that stuff is just the predators are going to have to stay back they cannot allow their defense to activate every play unless it's roman yossi they do not need to be jumping up into the play because they've got to stay back and protect against that stuff give your goaltender a good chance to save the puck all right in my opinion the avalanche win if yeah there's there's a lot of things i mean All right. I mean, I'll start with just if they get Gabriel Landeskog back, I mean, I kind of forgot about that aspect of this, but if they get him back, like they're probably going to win because that's even more uh, talent up front for them to, to, to beat the Predators. I I, I think I'm going to go with the easy route here and just say um, uh, if the Predators don't have a goalie, (laughs) if, if Nashville flounders and Dave Riddick starts game one, he gets lit up. Connor Ingram starts game two. He gets lit up, and then are game three. They don't even know who they're going with. It's over. I mean, th- th- if they do not have a goalie, um, the the quote you said from John Hines, it might as well just be called goalie instead of hockey because that's such yeah. a huge part of it. If they cannot, if ne- if the Predators cannot find a goalie that can provide any consistent ability to keep them in a game, that'll be it. Avalanche yep. will win. Real quickly, let's talk about one player that can turn the tide for each team because uh, I have one in mind for the Predators, uh, and let's just do one overall. They don't have to do one for each team. I was just thinking one one overall, uh, one for the one player that I think in my mind for the Predators that could take over the series, that could dominate, um, and uh, and really turn the tide. And, and, and like, and I'm thinking specifically could go out and win a game. In Colorado this week, and force and, and change home ice advantage. Kind of flip the script on the on the the, the overall narrative of the series, and uh, and get the thing going in Nashville's favor. Do you have one in mind?
0: Yeah. Do you?
1: Yes. All right. I'll go ahead and give mine. mine is I, was, four-
0: I okay. Go ahead. I thought we were going to say the same one based on the way you were setting it up, and I was a little no. Nervous, mine mine but is called yeah, um, tell me why.
1: Because um he's done it before. Yeah. In the Colorado Avalanche series against the Predators in twenty eighteen, where the, the the only other time this team's met in the playoffs, Philip Forsberg won that series offensively. He totally dominated them in, I think it was game five. No, it was game four. So the predators were up to nothing, and then in game three, the Avalanche like um Won game three pretty handedly, if I remember. And then game four, uh, Forsberg went off. And game five, I believe the, the Avalanche won that one. And then, and then the, um, Forsberg helped win in game six. And then that won the series for uh, That, In my opinion, Philip Forsberg is the one guy that could go out individually and get angry and score a goal or two in a really big moment. And, uh, and beat the the avalanche by himself, regardless of what happens at the other end of the ice. Um, Philip Forsberg is the one that I think could absolutely turn the tide for the Predators. And, boy, what would that do for where the negotiations are at in terms of his contract?
0: <laughs> mm. All right, who's yours? Well, I mean, it should come as any surprise, but I would say Roman Yossi. And I, I'm going to say Yossi for for pretty much the same reason you said Forsberg is that um, maybe not specifically Colorado, but you've seen a lot of situations, especially in the playoffs where Roman Yossi has gone out and literally put the team on his back and and done everything he needs to do in order to make a win happen. And and I think too, you know, there's probably, I don't know, you think about individual awards and stuff and, and honors that, you know, maybe it's not as big of a deal to the players as we like to make of it. Um, you know, especially, with, you know, looking back on the season with the, the goal race between Forsberg and Duchesne. But you, you think about the, uh, the Norris Trophy and, you know, what, what you've got here with these two teams is a perfect chance to see a, a head-to-head Norris matchup. And so, be awesome. you know, it, it, you're going to see some good defenders playing hockey, but you're going to see two of the best in the league going head-to-head. And if there's ever a time for Roman Yossi to shine, it's going to be against the stiffest competition. So um, yeah. I feel like that kind of sets up a potential situation for Yossi to go out, put the team on his back and drag them to uh, round two.
1: Yeah, that's a good, that, that's a good one. Uh, y- Yoshi's a good one. You know what? I will actually throw one out for the avalanche. You don't have to, you don't have to throw one out for the avalanche if you don't want to, but um... Uh, I just need to get my list here. Where's my list? So, okay.
0: Sorry. I'm trying to, well, I've got one for, I've got one for Colorado. Okay. Um,
1: I, I would say for Colorado, the one that could turn this, turn the tide for the series for, for the avalanche in case somehow the predators make this, you know, like a, a longer series. I could see, I could see, um, well, let, let me hear yours first. Let me hear yours first.
0: I would go with the goalie, Darcy Kemper. And, oh, okay. and I, think, I think the reason for that is because they kind of have had his number. And if he can show up and he can shut them down, I think that makes this a very easy, easy series for Colorado to win. I think it makes it one they can get out of pretty quickly and get on to the second round unscathed. Straight up. I'm going to go with Nazem Kadri. Okay. I think if
1: Codry is able to get in the head of, of a of a Nick Cousins, of a of a or a Matthew Shane or maybe a Forsberg or an Eckholm or a Yossi get in their head and get them to commit a bad penalty, maybe even get them to do something really bad and get themselves suspended, something like that. He has a history of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think if he's able to do that, that would really that would probably seal it, you know? Because like he doesn't even aside from any like of his on-ice ability which he's been very good this year 28 goals 59 assists that's crazy uh, like his his ability to disrupt the opponent is always there so Nazem Kadri would be mine
0: well and and too, you know you mentioned if he could get someone like Matt Duchesne to get thrown off i mean when you look at those disruptors and you know typically you think they're going to try to get a guy who is known for getting, you know, thrown off, thrown off. Like, you know, you think about Nick Cousins, he doesn't always go after, you know, their, their top score. Sometimes he goes after a guy he knows he can get a reaction from, but if you do, you know, you've seen with the game against uh, Calgary the other night that, that you can get in Matt Duchesne's head and you can get him to react, you know, that, that's probably not the best thing for the other team to know. Um, because they could target someone like that. and you know what's what's bad is you, you you take players like that that don't get involved in that kind of aspect of the game as much and their reactions aren't as measured. Um, they're not as familiar with what they can get away with or what they can and can't do. You get an emotional reaction. Um, and then you know that's that's when problems happen. So, I think I think you're right. You, you take Kadri if he if he can get into somebody's head, um, that could really turn the tide for them, big time. Mm-hmm.
1: So the series breaks down like this: Game one is Tuesday at Colorado, eight thirty p.m. starts. We've got some late starts here, although not as late as it would have been if it was Calgary, by the way. So we've got about thirty minutes extra sleep tonight. Ooh. Tuesday, game one. Thursday, game two. And then the series comes to Nashville Saturday for game three, a three 30 start. Love it. I love the Saturday three 30 start thing. You just get down there early. You spend the entire day in Nashville at downtown Nashville. Attend the game. It's just, that's, that's, that's the best right there for me. That, that is like, that is Valhalla for me. (laughs) Just a full day where there's a hockey game as well. And, um, uh so um then Monday uh versus Colorado is the game four. So like they get a Monday game eight thirty. And after that we don't know, but if they have a game five Wednesday versus Wednesday, May eleventh would be game five. That's I'll be at Colorado, and then Friday, game six, and then Sunday game seven. So um I don't know. I I hesitate to make predictions. I I, I generally
0: hesitate to, but do you have Do you have one? Do you have a prediction on the series? No, I don't. I don't. I I feel like after one game, I can make a better prediction than I can just out here raw like this. You know, it's. I have one prediction. I have one prediction. I my only
1: prediction is that I think it goes six games.
0: Okay, that's a prediction.
1: I don't know who wins. I think it would go six games, and either the Predators are winning the thing in six at home. Or the, the Avalanche win it in six. So I'd, that's all I got for you. I think it
0: goes six games. I just i i think that's a i think that's a safe. I think you're probably right.
1: I think it's probably safe. Yeah, probably too safe to be honest.
0: Well, I mean, you, you get you start hot taking out here, and the next thing you know, you end up on old, old takes exposed or whatever. I just, it is. Well, I just i see that the Predators have
1: had so much go well this year that they can win two games against this. At, at, at the very least, they can win two games. I know the Avalanche could win four, so I, I think that Predators can win at least two games. So I, I mean, if I was to lean, I would say Abs in six. But I could, I could. I mean, you know, if, if this if this game were to go, if if the Predators were in a situation where they could close it out at home again in six games, Friday game, Friday May thirteenth, game six at home to win, I could see it happening. I, I really yeah. could. But, you know, uh, maybe some of that would depend on uh, you know if UC Saros was somehow able to come back early, and I, that could be that could be a factor too. We can't forget about that. That would be that's true. That would be over two weeks. I mean, that would be two and a half weeks since his injury. So don't, be, right. don't forget
0: that. I think if the if the Preds can find a way to pour on the goals, they can just open things up, make make it a high scoring. Affair. Then I'd say that they, they have as uh, good a chance as anybody. Yeah. If if the games stay tight and you know they're not they're not opening Kemper up very much and they're not mm-hmm. kind of you know running up the score, then that's where I think you see trouble. So that's why I'll I feel better after one game and make predictions. But there you go. Okay. That does it for our
1: show. You can check out all of our hockey coverage at a-to-zsports.com. And please also go to on onthefortech.com as well. You can follow me on Twitter at AlexDarty1. Follow Sean on Twitter at SCSOTF. And we will see everyone next week. Huge week this week. We'll see everyone next week.